Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Nathan Lersh, pastor at Illumin in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm joined by Josh Schultz, pastor at Mountain View Lutheran in Great Falls, Montana. And we're excited to be here with you once again. I think we skipped last week, Josh, right? Because we, yeah, we did. reached on two different things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just giving you another little piece of God's word, listening on a conversation we're having that we always greatly benefit from. So even if no one else listens, we don't care. Because it's been good for us, but we pray seriously (laughs) that it's good for you as well. Um, So today we're talking about John 6, 25 to 35, and Josh is going to read it for us. So this is right after uh, Jesus uh, fed the 5,000 the day before, and then he had walked on water to save his disciples from the storm uh, that night, and then they find him. Here's where we start at verse 25. Uh, When they, that is the crowds he had fed before, uh, found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And so they asked him, What sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me, will never be thirsty. This is God's word. Awesome. Thanks a bunch. Um, I, I think I want to start with Jesus' promise there at the end. I am the bread of life. And bread being, you know, today maybe it's not the staple food anymore, but back then it for certain was. And so he's saying, you're coming to me for bread that's, gonna you know feed you for a couple hours or a day maybe but whoever comes to me spiritually and this is the promise for all of us too whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty and i think i you can disagree or or tell me i'm right you know (laughs) those are always the two options aren't they um we get hungry physically but uh, I think that our deepest longings and both our joys and our struggles and our disappointments, they have to do with the deeper things. And that's our, that's our soul. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And so almost in a sad way, the people were just stuck on their physical earthly situation. Um, and Jesus is trying to get them what they really need, which is food for their soul. And that's what we really need too. And Jesus's big time promise here is I am what is always going to fill your soul. 
And if you're in me, you will never be hungry, never be thirsty. You will always be full. Um, and that is just straight up good news. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's news that we need to hear. And it's convicting too, right? Of to say like, why, why is it that we neglect Jesus? Um, whether it be in my prayer life or my devotional life, hearing God's word, or it might be somebody, you know, not actively, you know, or consistently being in worship, whether that be in person or online, wherever you're at, um, or just like taking in Jesus through his word. Well, I think the convicting part of that is because, you know, I'm just ignorant to, I'm ignorant to what I really need. You know, I, like these people were only thinking about like the hole and that was burning in their stomach from hunger. It's just like, that's what needs to be filled. Like life is crazy. Life is so crazy. I just told uh, Nate this and we had to reschedule because like yesterday I was sick. Uh, today my wife is getting sick. My kids were sick uh, a few days ago, but I mean, it's just like, it's just chaos right now in our house. And yeah, it's sickness, but like, that's what life feels like so often, especially if you're like us, if you're a young parent or you're busy at work, whatever it might be, life gets so chaotic and all we're ever trying to do is like fix this one thing that's right in front of our face. And like Jesus is like, I know life is crazy. I know you're hungry for this, that, and the other thing here in this world. But like I'm letting you know that you have a deeper spiritual hunger and first and foremost, that's what I have come to fill. Because if you don't fill that, you're not going to be able to make it through life. Um, not like with the life I can offer you satisfied spiritually for eternity. Yeah, yeah well said. I, uh, so that was me agreeing with I'm, you. That was, that was, okay, that was thank saying you. you're right. I should have started. Thank you that. for clarifying. <laughs> well, let me start by saying I love what you said. And then I'm not against leisure or watching TV. I do it all the time. Not all the time. I do it often. But how many times have I come home? And the answer is a lot of times, by the way. How many times have I come home and said, all right, let's just flip on the TV, watch a show to kind of decompress from the day. Like that's my rest. And there's nothing wrong with watching shows. But how many times compared that to the amount of times I come in the door at night or whenever I get home or and I plop down on the couch and just read the Bible? Mm-hmm. Like that never happens. That never happens. Or like, have I ever, um, you know, you, you go on, we don't have Netflix anymore. We'll probably get it back sometime, but like binging a, a show on Netflix, you got rid or of Netflix? Or you, you, I, Hey, just for a little while. That's like, uh, how, like, how do you survive, man? <laughs> do you hear what you're saying? Oh, is this, is this, I think that's my issue. Huh? Oh man. You're just walking straight into the application. <laughs> like, but when was the last time you, got and we're pastors like when is the last time you got lost like you lost track of time just reading the bible right where you're like oh wow it's two hours later i only meant to read for 20 minutes you know that's never happened to me right and Um, i did i did this go on sorry no well and i'm not saying that that is a sign of faith or anything like oh your faith's better if you get lost if, if you lose track of time reading the Bible or, or listening to sermons or something, that's not the point. But it's just to get us to ask the difficult question, what are we hungering after? 
and where are we going when we need um, rest and satisfaction? So and when you said when you said Jesus's statement is convicting, that's that's what it meant to me. What were you gonna say? Um. Yeah, I plan out. You know, I try to have a devotion every day. Usually, I'm successful. Not always, and I'm like anybody where I go for long periods of time, longer periods of time than I'm proud of, of where I just haven't. And that doesn't mean that I'm not in God's word, right? Because as a pastor, like right now, like I'm in God's word. We're recording a podcast. Uh, before and after this, I'm working on my sermon for Sunday. I have Bible class tomorrow. Like we're in, like we talk about like just taking in Jesus for the sake of like, you know, when Jesus is saying, you know, like the whole point is like hungering for Him and feeding on Him the bread of life, of just like being nourished, being fed, being satisfied. You talk about finding rest in Jesus, like simply going to Him for all those things in life. And he's comparing that for them to the physical bread that he gave them the day before. You just made the application to like Netflix. That's like, oh, I need rest. I need to relax. Like, and like, the point is like, where are you going first? Like, what's top on your list? Is it Jesus or is it you made the application of Netflix? Is it, you know, getting out of town? And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I can't wait. Like, we're just dead set on like getting out of town and getting in the mountains here and camping. Um, here in Montana as the weather gets better, but it's just like, it's a, it's a, Jesus is again, as he always is, he's, he's having us evaluate our priorities. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think, you know, you talk about getting out of town or even Netflix or just anything like, I don't know, a great, a great tasting food or a great drink or something. Treat it as a sign of God's love for you. Like, like in verse 26, mm -hmm. um, when Jesus says, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, because that's what the feeding of the 5,000 was. Like that wasn't the thing. Every miracle was a sign pointing to, hey, trust Jesus, listen to Jesus, because he not only gives you all these good things, but he gives you the ultimate good thing, his forgiveness and approval and status as his, as his eternal brother or sister. Right. I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit more, because that is a really big point in these, you know, you came because you ate your loaves and had your fill. You didn't come because you saw the sign, right? And I exactly what you just said, like, you know, how amazing would it be? And this is what God wants for us to, like, see all the, you know, earthly, whether it be material or you could say emotional uh, blessings that God gives us in life. And, like, these are meant in so many ways to point us to the greater eternal spiritual realities, you know, like, you know, like right now you and I are meeting as friends, as fellow pastors, you know, talking about God's word. And it's just like, it's a joy to see you. And, you know, we're on zoom here and we see each other, um, we're recording it, but it's like, it's a joy to see you. But like this right here, you know, is a, you could say something that should point us to like the fellowship we have with God, the relationship we have with God, the like, never ending, always able to talk to God. Um, and like just being with each other, it's like not only pointing us to our relationship with God, but pointing us to our eternal relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ that we're going to have in heaven. But like, that's the point that Jesus is saying is look at all these as something far greater and the far greater sign and the far greater truth that Jesus was pointing them to is, you know, me, Jesus, I'm the bread of life. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna 
one more thing on verse 26 yeah. um, from my perspective. And it, I don't, it's, it's subtle, but I think it's there. Um, like they were, they were wanting Jesus, but they were wanting him for the wrong reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because why? Because they were wanting Jesus, not for him, but for, for themselves, really. Like they went and found him because they hoped he would give them more stuff. Um, instead of simply clinging to him, um, because of how great he is and because of how loving he is. And I guess you could say, you know, us consuming him as the bread of life. Sure. That's for us. But even like reading, you know, when you read the Bible, it's good for you. Just like when you, you know, eat bread and fish, it's good for you, but you don't do it for yourself. You do it because it's what Jesus like he know it, he said it's what what's good for you. He wants you to. He knows it's what's best for you. Does that make any sense, or am I? Yeah, no. And I think what you started with of like they came for, they came they're coming to Jesus. That's the right place, but they're coming him only for the only for the bread. And I think the application here is like, okay, one should you go to Jesus when you have a earthly want or need? Well, of course, right? It's like. You know, let's say, you know, you're short on money or your job is turned upside down or you get fired or whatever it might, or you're hoping to make this purchase that will really benefit you and your family or whoever's in your life. Like, yeah, go to Jesus for those things. He's not saying you should, but he's, again, it's all about priorities. It's like, is this all you're going to Jesus for? Is like Jesus in your, is Jesus in your life simply to get more stuff and more earthly blessings? Because that would be wrong. Right, that would be sinful. And so it's the the thought that Jesus is here for something greater, and then on top of that, cherry on top, but it's secondary to his secondary for his priorities of purpose to say that this is this is the most important thing, your eternal, your spiritual uh well being and satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. I I heard another pastor quote C. S. Lewis and I did too on Sunday. He said, uh don't let your happiness depend on something you can lose. And that really hit home. And cause, or, and I would maybe add to it, don't let your happiness depend on something that is maybe a promise from Jesus. Like don't let your happiness depend on if he blesses 5,000 families with bread and fish. Cause he did that once. He never promised that he's going to do that again. Um, like don't, let your happiness depend on all the other blessings that Jesus gives you, all the earthly blessings, even though he gives you tons of those. Let your happiness and your soul's fullness and satisfaction depend on the the gospel promise that you know for certain you will never lose. And that's your status before God spiritually forever, not all the temporary stuff that you may or may not have or, or a job situation or a relationship. Um, with another person, be above that. Because all those things are maybes, I guess. How about there's one thing um, here, um, unless there's something else you want to touch on. No, go for it. No, I like, uh, we have a little outline here that we share uh, on a shared document here. Of, I, I didn't think of it like this, uh, but you wrote this down of terms and conditions. Can you tell me what you were thinking there? 
Oh, yeah. So, well, in verse 30, when, so verse 28, they said, hey, what do we have to do? Um, Jesus said, believe in me, basically. Right, that's God's And then word, verse 30. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right, because God is the one who gives us faith. Um, and they didn't like that. They wanted this list of things that they could do, probably because then they felt like if they fulfilled these terms, then they could demand like God to fulfill his side of the contract. So in verse 30, they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? And then they said, our ancestors ate manna. Moses did this. Um, and Jesus said, well, actually it was God who gave them that through Moses. But it, I think someone at our Bible study last week here actually, like we talked about when are you satisfied and one of the ways that satisfied is used is like you've satisfied the terms that were set forth in the contract. So it's like they're laying out terms and conditions like Jesus. If you want us to believe you, you got to do something even right. greater than Moses. Um, and so I, I ended up actually not saying it in my sermon on Sunday, but like we do that too. Um, and I like there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say them and we can talk about them if we want or just let them hang out there. But there's so many. And I think we do it in unconscious ways more often than conscious. But like Jesus, in order for me to give generously, and this could be to the church or it could be giving generously to the poor or just being generous in general. Um, in order for me to give generously, Jesus, first, you have to give me enough to give. Like you got to make sure that I'm taken care of. And then, you know, then I can, I can give out of, you know, and we would never say it out loud this way, but what's left over, but that's not biblical. Jesus says, give first and trust that I'm going to mm -hmm. take care of you. Um, or like Jesus, before I participate in a volunteer activity or a service activity, whether it's through church or in the community, like uh, it's got to be the right kind of activity. It's got to be one that I'm really into. Um, otherwise I'm not going to participate. I, and I, those are just two little examples that came into my mind. Right. In order for me to, you know, what you just talking about, in order for me to give of myself to you and to others, first you have to give enough to me uh, that I have something to share. Or like you have to prove to me, you have to give me a reason to, you know, to trust in you to be selfless. Um, because I really yeah, think yeah. it's good that you brought those examples up because, like, what Jesus is saying is, I'm the bread of life, or there's a there's bread from heaven that I, I'm going to give to you. And he's really calling on them for, to, like, be totally dependent on him, which is what being a Christian is, being totally dependent on Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, well, that's uh, a lot to ask. It's like, prove to us that we can be like totally dependent on you and, and to live accordingly. Um, yeah. And we do that too as Christians. And what does Jesus do? He points to his cross and his empty tomb. <laughs> you know, when I look at it, I'm like, Oh, you, you want, you want me to give you a reason to live for me and to be de dependent on me? Well, let me, let me point you back to the things that took care of everything. Um, but going back to what you talked about of terms and conditions, I think, I think we do this subconsciously and I don't think it's like at the front end we're saying if you don't do this for me God 
or if you don't do this, or if you don't let this happen, God, then I'm going to, then I'm going to be like all in. Right? But when God doesn't do what we want him to do, or when God lets something happen that we didn't want to happen, on the back end, that's when we realize we had the terms and conditions all along, and that's just like, I'm out, you know. A lot of times you do see that as pastors and Christians falling away from the faith is because something horrible happened in their life, and they say, how could God ever let that happen to me? And you just realize, like, on the front end, they had terms and conditions for God before anything happened. Um, and that kind of is just exposed. And so it's good to talk about this before all that. Yeah, yeah. Um what you just said at the end there, one of the people in our church here, she, she's part of a, I think it's a Facebook group called like motherless daughters. So like kind of a support group for mm-hmm. people who've lost their mother. And um, someone posted in there and said, now I'm a motherless daughter and a daughterless mother. Cause she had a big falling out with her daughter. Um, and the, the lady at our church, she reached out to me and said, Hey, like, would you be willing to talk with her? Cause the lady said, yeah, I just don't know where my faith is anymore. Like mm-hmm. I used to believe, but I just, I'm just lost. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Um, and so my member reached out and it was awesome. Uh, she's like, would you be willing to talk to this person? I said, yeah, for sure. I don't know where she lives or whatever, but you know, so, so she private messaged her and the lady's going to think about it. Um, but yeah, these things that, things that happen that cause us to, to question God. And you also said something about going all in. It's hard to go all in because we're always trying to protect ourselves. I don't, because maybe because we think we're our own bread in a sense. Like I don't, I'm always trying to have a security, something, you know, to take care of myself or take care of my family. Um, But Jesus is the bread of life. Let's uh, let's wrap it up here with talking about. Uh, let's go back and forth, like all the ways as Je- all the ways that Jesus satisfies our soul as the bread of life. And I'll let you start, like, because we can go on and on and on. Let's just go back and forth. All the ways Jesus satisfies my soul. Yeah. You get to say Is that one. the question? Yep, you get to say one. Oh boy. When when I have moments or more than moments where I fail as a a husband, dad, or pastor, I can be free of my guilt because Jesus took all the condemnation. And if he's, if he's not mad at me and doesn't hold it against me, I don't have to hold it against me. All right. Awesome. I think about worry of the fact that like when he's in control, like Jesus satisfies my soul in the midst of worry because he's in control of everything. He has everything for my eternity taken care of, uh, with what he did for me when he was on this earth, uh, and everything he gives me through faith to be like, that satisfies me, gives me every reason. Uh, not to worry. Fills my soul in that way. Love it. Um, I think when things don't go the way that I want them to, or just when bad things happen, knowing that he is never going to leave me 
it allows me to take a step back and kind of view things in the scheme of eternity and mm-hmm. realize that like, and I'm not downplaying anything bad that happens to anyone, but in the grand scheme of eternity, things are still really good. I'll talk about uh, just joy. Like, I'll, I guess I'll talk about two here and then we can pray. Uh, just joy of like, there, there's nobody else who can give me joy like Jesus can. Um, humor doesn't do it for me like Jesus does. Uh, a vacation doesn't do it for me or time with family doesn't do it for me like Jesus does. Like the joy he gives Not to even you. your wife. Well, priorities here. She's number two. She's number two, right? <laughs> Jesus is one. Uh, joy and then talk about just confidence. Um, specifically, like when you talk about death, oh, that's the thing that mankind fears more than anything. Be like, he says, is my soul just giving me confidence that because he lives, I too will live. I live forever. Heaven is mine. Heaven is yours. Uh, yeah, just we can go on and on and on, but just in every, in every way, Jesus satisfies. Jesus fills your soul with what it needs. Yeah. I, real quick, I know we're out of time, but that death thing, sometimes I play the game. It's not a, it's not a good, it's not a happy game, but like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. And I think it, it always ends with dying. Right. And if that's the worst thing that could happen, and I think ultimately it is, in Jesus point, defeated yeah. death. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus defeated death. And so there you are. Victory. Even if the worst should happen. All right. Pray us up. Okay. I'll pray. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together. Uh, myself and, and Nathan and whoever here is joining us. Uh, we thank you for them uh, that they are being fed by your word as we are here together. Lord Jesus says, you promised to be that you are the bread of life. We ask that you would uh, restructure the priorities in our heart, that we would always go to you as a bread of life, um, that uh, things that satisfy, things that give us rest, things that give us nourishment and, and energy and motivation, that these are good blessings from you, but they pale in comparison to the energy, the motivation, the satisfaction, and the rest, and the comfort and the nourishment. Uh, that you give us as a bread of life. Keep keep you uh, number one in our hearts uh, by faith, uh, that we would always go for you for all these spiritual blessings that last for eternity. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Josh. All right, we'll see you.